EP Magazine's annual healthcare issue contains a wide selection of articles for parents, caretakers, professionals who care for children and youth with special healthcare needs, including families who have multiple children with disabilities. Further topics include early intervention, oral care, medical bills, and physical fitness, concerns faced by most families, but especially challenging to those with special needs. Read it today at www.epmagazine.com. Oscar Mike Radio is a proud podcast partner of Reads Across America Radio. Heard every Thursday at 11 a.m. and Sunday at 8 a.m. Eastern. They're also big supporters of the nonprofit I Got Your Six, Two Lives at Once. And with every wreath you sponsor through Oscar Mike Radio, $5 goes back to this great organization dedicated to making a difference in the lives of veterans, law enforcement, firefighters, and first responders battling PTSD. Two Lives at Once pairs these brave men and women together with dogs rescued from kill shelters. In this way, two lives are saved at the same time by saving each other. Donate now. Go to wreathsacrossamerica.org slash Oscar Mike Radio to help. That's wreathsacrossamerica.org slash Oscar Mike Radio. Suicide is preventable, and each of us has a role to play in suicide prevention. Suicide is complex. There is no single cause, and it's not always a mental health issue. It could be loss of a job or home, financial or relationship issues, pain, or leaving the military. Suicide does not discriminate. It affects all ages, races, and genders, veterans or not. If you know a veteran who is struggling, connect with them. Let them know help is available. There is quick and easy access to services in times of crisis. Dial 988, then press 1. Talking about it is okay. Don't keep it inside. Don't be ashamed. Don't wait. Reach out. Find resources at va.gov reach. Hello and welcome again to Oscar Mike Radio. My name is Travis. I'm a Marine Corps veteran and your host. Oscar Mike Radio is part of the Hoobazoo Network. You can find out more on hoobazoo.com. I want to thank my sponsors, Joyce Asac of Asac Real Estate, Army National Guard veteran Mark Holmes of Reapers Detailing and Power Washing. I want to thank my supporters, all veteran-owned businesses, Bonefrog Warrior, Caseon Shaving Company, Black Cat Designs, and Savage American Woodwork. It's 2024. We're off to a fast start. And a couple of weeks ago, well, 
this is 2023 now, but you get the idea. I got hit up by um, you know, Micah Howie with Veteran Powered Films, and he showed me some cool stuff that veterans are creating. And I have one of those veterans on board now. So without any further ado, um, Joe, introduce yourself, tell us who you are, and welcome to Oscar Mike Radio. Thank you so much, Travis. Uh, my name is Joe Klonberg. Um, I was in the Marine Corps from 2010 to 14. Uh, I was a chemical, biological, radiological, nuclear defense specialist. Um, you know, it sounds fancy, but it's really not that fancy. It's just, <laughs> just mixing chemicals in a Gatorade bottle and throwing it at tires all day, pretty much. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I got out of the Marine Corps and I started a personal training company. And through that, uh, I, I had a client who essentially, you know, pushed me into the acting industry. Um, you know, who's like, man, you just have charisma and all that stuff. And I thought he was yanking my chain to get out of doing more pushups. But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, next thing I know, I was doing, uh, some really cool stuff and, uh, flash forward a, a couple of years, um, maybe six, six years, uh, I met Julia, who is uh, the co-founder of Veteran Power Films, and she introduced me to Micah, and we became fast friends. Um, you know, what they're doing at VPF uh, is really something near and dear to my heart, which we'll definitely talk about. Um, you know, and, and I met Julia on the set of uh, Christopher Nolan's Tenet. So that was a, a really interesting, they were doing a bunch of military stuff. Uh, that was a really, really interesting gig. Um, you know, and, and then COVID happened and, you know, everything kind of shut down and, and we came back and uh, Julia hit me up and was like, hey, oh my gosh, you know, uh, you have such like a, a, I guess a weird way of moving is what she was trying to say, right? <laughs> um, you know, she she said that I had a, a unique take on some of the things that she was seeing and, and she wanted me to play uh the creature in this like just post-apocalyptic type of world that uh that is homestead you know and, and uh i got a chance to work with a good friend of mine hiram murray uh always phenomenal to work with you know he's such a talented actor he he has done stuff with you know a-listers b-listers all down the line um and you know from there uh Really, I think my involvement in that has kind of kickstarted something for me. Um, and I really just having firsthand look at, you know, what they're doing with veteran powered films. Um, you know, I think it's something that I can see myself really just uh, exponentially growing with it. You know what I mean? And And having something to do with the veteran community and the film industry, that's something that I never thought I'd have the chance to do. <laughs> no, that's yeah. interesting. I mean, you know, first of all, you go from, well, I think uh, NBC, I think mop gear, charcoal, and, you know, trying to get that freaking darn mask on fast enough, <laughs> you know, and, and then all that other kind of fun stuff. And then you go into starting your own company. So you had to rebuild yourself after that. And then you got into acting and tenant. Now, what a what a film to you know get dunked into the deep end because i've watched that film and i'm still trying to figure out what was actually going on if you know let me know later but i mean it it, it was truly a masterpiece i mean christopher nolan yeah. is on a different level what i'm trying to get around yeah what i'm trying to get around to say is is you're kind of like a marine corps success story where you go in and you there's nothing about nbc work that 
I think relates to to film, unless you're making a film about, you know, chemical biological contamination, but still it's two different disciplines and you've done it. So let's, let's start there. What's, what was your secret sauce to being able to make that transition from that MOS, that time in your life to really understanding and embracing acting? Oh my gosh. Um, that's something that, you know, I found it was, um, there, there are a couple of different faces, uh, to both of those industries, right. Um, you know, as a, as a corporal in the Marine Corps, um, I developed a lot of, uh, and this isn't MOS specific, but I developed a lot of the skills that I kind of, uh, transitioned to the film industry, you know, um, even before I was a corporal, uh, I got my black belt in Marine Corps martial arts, you know, it as big map. Um, and so that translated really nicely to, uh, not only, you know, the military tactical stuff we did at tenant, but even before that, you know, um, I was, I, I choreographed a fight that I did, uh, in my first student film and, you know, it translates really well to uh, the stunt world. Right. And when, you know, my agent always says, you're not a stunt man, you're an actor who does his own stunts. You know, <laughs> um, so that translated really nicely. And, you know, I think uh, as far as it pertains to the CBRN world, um, there's not a whole lot. You know, it's it, it's you're kind of grasping at straws when you're looking at films going, what can I unless you're an Oppenheimer, right? Like, <laughs> um, you know, so I, I kind of took uh, the mindset. Right. So that mindset directly does translate uh, where it's, you know, you if you run into a roadblock, this is the traditional Marine mindset, but also when you're working with, um, you know, prevention and hazardous materials and all this and uh, identification of things, right. You have to think like uh, a detective sometimes, um, you know, and I got a really great opportunity to hone those skills. Uh, I was with a, a basically um, the nation's, they always call it the nation's premier uh, CBR and defense Right. Uh, it's called Indian Head, Mar or it's it's called CBRF in Indian Head, Maryland, um, Chemical Biological Incident Response Force, uh, which is a specialized unit that basically we I mean, we were doing training missions where, um, you know, I felt like I felt like Batman sometimes where I'm like you know, <laughs> trying to figure out, uh, you know, is this something that's dangerous? Is this not something? I mean, luckily, we never had to do it in, in real time, but um, the the critical thinking aspect of it. And this isn't necessarily how I view Hollywood in general until you're in it, right? Uh, or or film in general, right? And they're constantly, you know, making deductions. They're constantly searching for what is my character doing? How is the the environment impacting this? Uh, what do I need to look for in the script or translation? What do I need to look for when I, you know, go into this uh, mount town and I'm looking for IEDs or or something of that nature? You know, since so the deductive skills, I think, uh, were a really, really good uh, transition point or or like a jumping point for me, a catalyst for it. Um, yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, I almost I, so I had a, a job lined up with Lockheed Martin and something happened with OPM. I don't know what it was, but my security clearance was put on hold for almost a year. Uh, and during that time, you know, it was, it was interesting to me where uh, essentially, you know, I booked a bunch of small, small roles, right? Like I was doing some commercials and did some background work, 
Um, and then I had an opportunity, uh, maybe like a year, uh, it was, it was like a year after, uh, I had started and my clearance process was just waiting, <laughs> you know, the hurry up and wait game, uh, as we all do. And then it was random, uh, because they were filming wonder woman, 1984 in Alexandria, Virginia. And that's where I was living at the time. So I got out of Indian head and I was still in the DC area. Um, and so they're filming wonder woman. <laughs> And next thing I know, uh, I'm getting a call going, hey, can you be on set at 6 a.m.? And I was like, is this real? Like, is this real life? Like, yeah, heck yeah, I could do that. You know, um, so I had a small speaker. I was a day player. Uh, but that really jump-started everything. You know, a, a month or so later, I packed up my bags, moved out to L.A. And, you know, it was uh, it, it's a really cool concept for me to think that the film industry – there's so many parallels. There's so many parallels to the military. Um, and I think that's what really helps drive me forward with it. Uh, a lot of actors and a lot of uh, in front of the camera talent, they don't really understand that it's exactly the same. You know, when, when you're on set and you're doing something for 12, 13, 14 hours, uh, you're like trudging through mud because, you know, you signed up to do your own stunts. <laughs> um, you know, you look to your left and your right, and and it's the same feeling of I'm, I'm not going to let this person down. You know, so you're at this point where you you've gotten some acting experience, you've gotten some acting cred, you got your you know your 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 roles. When I say roles, like your 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 film roles, you know, you can show people that your your work. You, mm -hmm. You've got a you got a portfolio. How does Micah and veteran-powered films figure into, you know, where you are now? Oh, my gosh. Um, I mean, on a personal level, they play a huge role uh, because, you know, they're, they're people that not only are they genuinely good people, but they're people that will take the shirt off their back. Um, you know, it's, and Mike is not a veteran, but, uh, you know, part of me wants to give him an honorable mention, you know. <laughs> Uh, you know, honor, honorary Marine for the day, you know, um, but it's, it's those type of people that I want to be around all the time. You know what I mean? Um, you, you know, that you get the support from them that not just hype, you know, it's, it's support where if you're wrong, they call you out and they say, they sit you down, you know, Hey, I, this was a mistake or something like that hasn't really happened with us, but you know, that's the type of person that is involved with veteran power films, you know, um, and professionally speaking, man, they are unbelievably just uh, talented, first of all, <laughs> um, talented and professional. Uh, everything that I've done with them has been, you know, Micah blows me away sometimes. Uh, he'll he'll email me or text me and, hey, do you want to do this? And, it's, and I'm thinking to myself, like, the first time, you know, I was thinking to myself, like, oh, cool, you know, I'm going to go hang out and it's going to be like a little get together. No, it's like it was a full-fledged film festival, professional, you know, everything that I've seen from them has been um, something you expect from a big studio, you know, uh, and, and these guys are, they're young, they're fresh, but they're hungry, you know, and, and guys and girls, right? Like, I don't want to be that guy, but. Well, how, how, because, you know, you watch movies and you figure out there's a lot of production companies, film companies, yeah. independent people doing stuff, the big players. 
is there ever a saturation point where there's just almost too much being put out or is there room for someone like veteran powered films and Micah to tell a story in a way that captures an audience oh my gosh yeah um i think that on one line of thinking you know when you get an oversaturated environment you get uh kind of regurgitated films and you know the, the stuff that you're like i've seen this a million times it's just repackaged um but that's not the case i think that's coming more from you know the big studios than anyone else and and that's not a knock on them that's just you know good marketing and, and they can do it well uh but when it comes to storytelling man i gotta tell you um there is so much room and matter of fact i think we're undersaturated uh just really? so, okay yeah i think uh with all the the templates that we have uh with the capabilities that we have you know um we've got hundreds of streaming services we've got youtube uh you know we're i, I imagine this will be on youtube and iHeartRadio, yeah. spotify um so you know i mean we have so many outlets and people are a, a little bit afraid i think uh to take that leap and you'll you'll find i think uh as veteran powered films grows um, that's going to be the reason is because nobody involved with this uh well it's not it's not quite an organization yet it's an uh, initiative right so anyone involved in this initiative is going to uh they're going to do what it takes right <laughs> there's no fear um you know and I, i've seen micah and julia undertake some scary scary thing like you're talking like thousands and thousands of dollars worth of stuff and they're, they're just no no fear they know what they're doing they're well prepared um and so i think the saturation of the market is almost uh it's almost a myth you know it's like a smokescreen because people make it up because it's intimidating um so that that's the excuse that they use but you you are right to a degree you know um there is somewhat of I wouldn't call it a saturation. I would call it um, there's an overabundance of people that kind of try to do the same thing. Um, so hopefully we see people taking a chance, take that leap. Uh, in which case, I, I think that, um, yeah, definitely something like veteran power films or something that uh, is more on the risk taking side, not necessarily in the way that we produce the stories, but, you know, we, we take a chance on something. Uh, I think that hopefully we'll see a lot more of that, especially now that the strike's over. The strike really threw a, a monkey wrench in a lot of people's plans. I mean, from because, you know, independent people have, you know, less than the bigger studios. So what's it like going through a strike? Because, you know, I'm, I'm seeing where some people cross the picket line. Some people, you know, had to make money to feed their families and some people didn't. But it was a very contentious time. What was it like going through that? Oh, great question, Travis. Um, the range of the spectrum of emotions, you know, you, you're angry about it, you're in denial about it, you finally accept it, you know, I don't remember all the steps. But, um, you know, for me, I think uh, this is something, again, that the Marine Corps mentality uh, really helped me out because I knew the strike was coming. Um, you know, we, at the end of last year, um, by the way, last year, I, I, booked more roles than any of my previous years and I was really on a roll and I was, I was looking forward to this year uh and then the strike came but we could tell that the strike was going to come early on in the year 
Um, so it was one of those times where you see the storm coming and you either prepare yourself for the storm or, or you, you ignore it and you're, you're blindsided. Um, at least in my case. Right. So um, essentially what I did was, um, I got up as much money as I could first of all, and I decided that it was time. This might be a good plug, right? <laughs> I decided that I'm, um, so I, had a story in mind that was uh, about a close friend of mine. Well, it was about my response to uh, what happened to a close friend of mine. And so in uh, 2017, July 10th, 2017, you might've heard about this. There was a military KC-130 uh, that crashed over Mississippi. And yes. uh, yeah, so a good friend of mine, his name is Talon Leach. Uh, he was on that plane. So that had a big impact on me. Um, you know, I mean, I, it's it's one thing where, you know, you lose lose a, a part of, I don't really call them friends, right? Like you lose a part of your family um, to combat. It's it's something that you can, can kind of uh, digest, right? It's awful. It's one of the worst feelings that I could possibly think of. Um, but then you lose a part of your family to a malfunction or something that you can trace back and go, this person didn't do their job right. So, you know, 16 people died. Um, that's, that's, to me, that's gut wrenching. That's something that that really takes um, not just the wind out of your sails, but it takes a lot to, to figure out um, and, and process. So something that, that I've been doing for a long time is uh, when I need to process things, uh, I write, you know, so on top of, by the way, shout out mental health. Um, you know, you go talk to a therapist. I've been seeing my therapist for two years. Uh, she oh, wow. helps. She helps dramatically. But um, I'll kind of swing it back around. <laughs> so the strike hit, and I decided it was time. Right. So I wrote this uh, the script to a short film uh, called Exhale, and I got uh, my cinematographer. I got my uh, sound guy, and then we hired our actors and. Uh, we made it a thing. So I drove, I live in uh, Los Angeles, right? So, so I drove all the way back to Virginia because that's where my buddy lives. And uh, he was my cinematographer. And so I, I drove back to Virginia and we did this entire shoot in five days. We built an airplane, um, you know, so <laughs> it was hectic to say the least. Um, but we got it done. Um, and, and it's in post right now, you know, I'm, I'm doing some edits. I, I got, I got to find the right editor. Um, it might be me, but it might not. So, <laughs> uh, and it looks great in, in my opinion so far, it looks great. We got to do coloring and all that, uh, a little bit of, um, you know, sound, sound adjustment. And, and so, you know, that's what I did during the strike. It was, you know, it was a moment for me. Uh, I called my agent and I said, Hey, um, is there anything that, you know, you need me in LA for, is there anything that you need me to do? Or is there anything uh, that you think would benefit, you know? And, and she was like, oh, there's a strike going on. So, you know, there, there's no reason for you not to go do this. And she was like, matter of fact, I think it's the best thing because you're going to have that nice completed uh, package. And it's well within the scope of, you know, I mean, I paid for myself. I didn't have any studios involved. It was well within the scope of this, of the strike. And so, <clears throat> Um, you know, it was, it was a green light from there and man, I hauled ass, <laughs> hauled ass across the country and, 
it was brutal brutal but it's worth it you know one of the reasons i understand the strike was really in people's minds in the acting world is the aspect of ai taking yeah. jobs and changing the creative process and i'm curious what you think about that because you know for some of the stuff that i do ai has saved me a lot of time and money and i've gotten the outcome that i needed but i can certainly understand that i'm trying to do some i've done some voice work and i'm like i could certainly understand like in voice acting where you have built up a portfolio and a career and reputation to have a program take that away from you i can certainly understand that but should we fear ai embrace it or just find a way to coexist with it wow that's you know i think that's the question of the century travis <laughs> um by the way you definitely have the voice for for voiceover you got it I can listen to you read the dictionary, brother. <laughs> um, but I would say, man, my thoughts on it are kind of twofold. Um, okay. One is that, you know, even too much water will kill you. You know what I mean? What um, Navy Corpsman ever told you that, John? <laughs> no Navy Corpsman ever told me. I was told a gallon of water a day, but okay, too much water will kill you. But that's that's true. That's true. Well, that's the thing, you know, it's in too much water is a lot of water it's a lot of water right yeah, um yeah. too much too much ai too much whiskey you know oh yeah it's definitely gonna kill you it's different right it's it's not the same it's not the same like feeling or anything but and and it's the same thing with ai i think um everything has its role but you know you get too much of a good thing it becomes a bad thing so yeah i mean when, when they're talking about um poor background actors right like <laughs> The background actors are, are the ones that I think are are liable to lose the most um, because what they were talking about doing before the the negotiations ended was replicating, you know, and and, and they do this too, but with uh, not necessarily with AI, where they go in and they scan and you know they build those three hundred armies, you know, stuff like that. Um, but I do think that, you know, once they get that scan, if they're able to use AI to make you move around and do things that you didn't actually do, we're in waters where, you know, if you're not paid every time your likeness comes on the screen, that's a problem. Um, and then, you know, if, if you're doing things, uh, because it's a slippery slope, right? Like we've got these deep fakes of whoever, name them, you know, <laughs> deep fakes of people doing crazy stuff. You know, and and so I think there's a, a tightrope to walk because AI is certainly uh, groundbreaking. You know, it's cutting edge. And I've used some AI for, I don't know, to make a Twitter post or something like that. And uh, it's really useful when it's not impeding my ability to be creative, you know. Uh, but at the same time, as a writer, as a filmmaker in general, um, I think that because if you look at some of the stuff that let, let's say you have AI write you an essay, well, yeah, it could be very technically sound, but then you have AI write you a, a movie or a novel or a poem. Um, and it just is lacking something in my opinion, you know, the, the human aspect um, that we get when, if I pour my soul out onto a page, it's going to feel different when you're reading it as opposed to if AI wrote something very similar um so i think that's kind of where we are with it um i don't know 
I don't know enough about the negotiations uh, to tell you, you know, this this was a big problem or this was not a problem. But from what I understand, um, the negotiating committee was talking about uh, every time they use someone's likeness, they get paid. Um, you know, you can't do anything illegal with their like with their likeness. Uh, and then I'm pretty sure I read on, I read the the negotiations uh, or the the contract. I didn't read the whole thing, but uh, it's available for us now. And from what I understand, I think SAG has done a pretty good job of of limiting the scope of you know detrimental power that AI will have. It's from what I've seen. So just to go technical here for a second, because I'm you know I'm learning DaVinci Resolve from my video editing and stuff that I've done. Very nice. Well, I mean, it, it's it's a it's a tall mountain to climb, but I'm 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 one step at a time. I'm getting it. I started like four years ago, and I'm getting comfortable with the the program. I get asked a lot about video editing and filming, and what's your view when someone says, "Well, you know, that's great, but I could do it on my iPhone in half the time with no problem." <laughs> Because it's starting yeah. to really annoy me, Joe. It's starting to really annoy me because you start going down the rabbit hole of learning Adobe or learning DaVinci Resolve, and you realize there's the actor, right? There's a director, but there's a whole, let's just be honest here, army of people making sure the technical side of it works right to make what we see seem like it is. That can't be understated, right? Because I like to think I've worked hard to get as good as I've gotten. It takes time and effort that people don't appreciate. It seems like. Oh my gosh. I a hundred percent agree with you. That's it, it's crazy to me because I think it's uh, the instant gratification, not yeah. just, not just of America, right. But of the, of the world now, like technology is like, Hey, you want to know the answer to some ancient question? Well, I got Google. <laughs> You know, I don't have to, I don't have to research uh, and, and look through textbooks to find, you know, the revolutionary war, right? Like I could just go watch a 30 second, you know, introduction to it and kind of get an understanding. And that to me is kind of the same thing because holy cow, man, when, when <laughs> I use Premiere Pro, uh, okay. you know, and, and DaVinci Premiere Pro, I've used DaVinci before, uh, which there are things about DaVinci that I like better. And there are things about Premiere Pro that I like better. I mean, I, I have the whole uh, Creative Cloud portfolio on my, on my, I use Photoshop and stuff. So I was like, you know oh. what? I'm not going to pay for, the, there's a free DaVinci, but it's not, you don't want that one. You want the paid one. So, <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Premiere Pro it is because I'm paying $20 subscription. But, uh, you know, it's, it, it's crazy that the amount of effort and time, you know, so uh, just cutting together one scene, you know, like, let's say it's a, a two minute scene, cutting together one scene like that, you're talking about easily three or four days of, yeah. of work right there, you know, and a lot of these like the TikTok kids where I cut it together on my phone, you know, and, and you see it on TikTok, it looks fine, you know, but when, if, if we take that niche away, or if we take that, that lens and expand it to everything else, you know, you can't do a lot of this stuff on your phone. Maybe you can trim it and add a filter. Um, but it drives me crazy. Just like, you know, just like you're saying, it drives me crazy. And you're like, 
well, why don't you just use Canva? Why don't you just use, uh, you know, I, I like Canva, by the way. <laughs> well, I, I do and I don't for, for different reasons. Uh, Canva went down one day when I really needed it. Oh, man. And that, that, that really, you know, irritated me. But um, no, I get it. And it's just, I don't think people see or appreciate the behind the scenes stuff enough. And yeah. when you get a taste of what that takes, you know, having the tripod, having the light, you know, having all that stuff set up, sound, sound engineers to me are, do not get the credit they deserve because it is crazy what some of these, these people can do with the tools they have. So it's just a real different side of, of the business that no one sees. And it is yeah. a business. Um, speaking of businesses, so you're in veteran powered films. Mike has got you on board and, and it's a really cool thing. And he shows me the trailer for Homestead. Oh, yeah. And I am like, because I, I, I didn't know what to expect, right? He's like, look, I've been working yeah. on this. I don't want to show you, but I want you to have my people on. I'm like, well, okay, cool. Let's let's do that. You know, I'm, 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 I'm tracking, you know, full on. When's the trailer? Well, I don't have it. Just, just, just wait. And then he shows me the trailer. Well worth it. Oh my God, Joe. I'm like, because I didn't know what to expect. I'm thinking, well, maybe it's like a, like a college art project, or maybe they're just truly starting out and it's going to be kind of homespun. I got all kinds of questions, all kinds of questions. First of all, where did this concept come from? Because it seems like it's kind of like zombified. Oh, yeah. It's not really zombified. It's something else. Like there's something else out there. So I'm hooked. I'm hooked. So set the stage for Homestead for me, please. Okay. Um, some of the stuff I can't really give away. So I'm just going to be as Dude, dramatic. Just tell me, tell me what you can. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> um, okay. So Homestead... Uh, the reality of Homestead is that it is um, essentially, uh, yeah, we think it's a monster film. It is, right? But it's really about a man protecting his family. Um, you know, and so when in the trailer, when we're introduced, uh, you, you get this sense that there's really no way that this guy can not come into contact with uh, whatever the problem is, right? You get this eerie sense of there's something going on because, you know, he's they've isolated themselves out in the mountains. Um, I'm not sure how they want to spin it uh, because I haven't read the full script. They're keeping that really close to their chest. I'll read the full script when, when, we, <laughs> when we start production, you know, and, and uh, I'd love to reprise my role as the creature. But so essentially for me um without giving away too much you know it's it's a story about how is a guy going to uh stick to his morals and how is he going to protect his family and how is he going to protect uh the newly introduced uh young lady that and how are they going to navigate that relationship right and then all of a sudden we're throwing in this this chaos that is this mystery monster uh the creature if you will Right. Uh, so for me, I, I get more, I get a, like almost like a 28 days later vibe, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. And I'll go ahead. Sorry. It's not, it's not really Dawn of the Dead or, you know, mm -hmm. uh, 
know, the walking dead, but it's something else too. And, you know, I'm first of all, I'm like, yeah, if I'm going to get away from people in the mountains, it's a pretty good place to be. So Absolutely. it was kind of interesting how, you know, conflict and the setup uh, got there, but, you know, who got the tension dialed in? I was going to ask you, one of the things I really noticed was you all really ratcheted up the tension in a short amount of time in the trailer. It was very interesting how that was done. Was that on purpose or just a byproduct of the story itself? Well, I think a little of both. Um, So I think, you know, the story does serve that um, because any good, I would say this, any good film, right, has a, a, a meter of tension, right? So like, there are points in the story at any in any good story where the stakes are high. Um, and, you know, in, with this trailer, uh, especially in a place like Homestead, right? Like you see that building on the mountain and you're, it's like a rundown cabin, you know, it was a beautiful place in, in reality, but on film, you look at it and you go, that looks scary. Right. right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think just having that right there immediately kind of goes you, in your brain, you go, something is, going on you know what what am i about to see here um you know and then obviously you know uh roger roger christensen the director did a great job linda and roger uh doubling up on the direction um it looked really good to just you know from video village to watch it and then going onto the screen you're like damn that translated really nicely (laughs) right right Um, you know and and then i really want to shout someone out the sound Go right ahead. the okay. sound so jace uh he he was the guy that did uh the sound editing for us and i can't emphasize enough what you said earlier uh people underestimate sound you know um for everything that anytime i'm doing a, a film like i've produced the short film that i did over the summer and, and the first thing on my mind after uh, i brought my my cinematographer on was like we need great sound you know <laughs> Um, so I think Homestead, that was really, emph- the, the tension in Homestead was really emphasized uh, by the sound, you know, so if you watch the trailer and, and you're, you pay attention to the sound, you pay attention to, uh, like, there's like leaves crackling and stuff like that sometimes, and and that wasn't, you know, obviously that wasn't there in, the, uh, in real time, but uh, they add stuff like that in to increase or decrease the tension, you know, you get some piano going at some point. Um, my God, the difference sound makes. Right. Well, so just, go ahead. Yeah. Just from what I know from, so like if I do an interview, if like we were in person right now. Yeah. And, and I shot this on my, you know, Sony camera. And, and the sound I get from that versus when I use my Zoom to get the sound and then I clean it up it is is different. And I'm like, man, there's there's so much that goes into this, you know, trying to make sure your EQ is all set trying to make sure that we're balanced and normalized, all that good stuff. And then I listen to, you know, because I, I do, when I hear a trail like that, I'm, I'm, the sound's the first thing I go for. And I'm yeah. like, everything was crisp. Everything was clear. And the music, the ambient background music really ratcheted up the tension. That, that was just awesome. I mean, like I told Micah, that was sick. It was, it was sick. I was really pumped about that because it's hard to do. It's hard to do on, on, on when you have a big budget, much less when you're, you know, uh, independent or, or small shop. So I, I'm, I'm pumped. Well, pumped is an understatement for me, Travis. Okay. 
<laughs> I, I will say this. Oh, uh, so I have a video. Well, I have a like bunch of videos and pictures of I went to, and this is how I knew that this was going to be really exciting for me from the get go. Um, so I went to, uh, they, they had me go to a special effects artist and they had me, they had me do a plaster mold of my arm. Um, so in the trailer, it's, it's tough to, to it's tough to kind of catch, but you can see the arm reaching out and grabbing. Um, I, I forget the character's name, but so you, <laughs> you reach out, you see him reach out and grab him and he's spraying him in the face. Um, and, and so I think that was, I lost track of why I was telling you this. I just got really excited about it. <laughs> and the sound pumped and your special effects. and Oh yeah. Sound, special effects. Um, and, and by the way, that arm, the prosthetic arm smelled terrible. It was, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was really cool. Cause, uh, the special effects artist had the plaster mold on my arm and now the plaster mold on my arm is in my house on display you know <laughs> very uh, nice so that was kind of a cool memento to kind of keep with me uh and and i think that it's the details like that right like uh they had everything mapped out and in the trailer you don't actually see all of the detail that went into it right like there's details that you know just off camera there has to be this thing right here turned this way otherwise like the continuity is wrong or something like that. Right. And, and there's so much detail that goes into it. If you want to make a quality product, you're living in the world altogether, you know, so you have to understand what goes in front of the camera, but also what happens behind the camera. Um, you know, and I hope that, uh, I hope that more people start taking notice and they're like, hey, Oh, the sound is crazy. Uh, because, that's a huge difference. You know, when you get rid of all the background noise and then the white noise and you get that like fresh, crisp, somebody says something and it's like whispering in your ear, amazing difference. And then, you know, you have the colorization, like Da Vinci is much better at colorizing than most of the other uh, editing. Right. You know, I'm dipping my toe into that, you know, Joe, and I'm like, man, you know, I'm having to go through the book and trial and error, but I'm like, you can film something like we can be filmed right now. And with a couple of clicks, we're black and white. And then we look completely different depending upon what you want to do. And you can make, you know, my head shine more and your face, you know, light up like a Christmas tree. It's it's great. Right. And that's just the technical side of it. So I guess, does it ever get old though? And and there's a lot of weighing around and, and waiting to make your story final, so to speak. Does it ever get old or cumbersome, you know, going through all the steps to finally see that finished product? Oh, man. Um, yes and no. Okay. You know, um, I would say uh, for, for, for Homestead, for me, no. <laughs> you know, uh, there, there was a lot of, um, there were a lot of hands doing, there, there were a lot of hands turning the right tools. You know what I mean? Uh, and so, Sometimes you'll get in a position where, and this is just my experience from, from my own stuff, not, not VPF, because, you know, again, uh, if you're short staffed or if you don't have, um, somebody with the talent to do, and I don't say talent, but like the understanding of how to do stuff, right. Like, uh, editing takes years to master. Like I know guys have been editing guys and girls have been editing for five, six years and they're learning new stuff every day. 
you know? And so for me, um, when I'm editing something, it does become a, a bit cumbersome. You know, it's, it's one of those things where if I have to edit a scene, you know, three, four days in a row, and then I make a, a, one mistake or like, I like something a little bit differently. Now I got to go back and figure out if it works with the same, the same way all the way through, you know, um, a lot of people are going to be like, eh, he's talking about service. He doesn't, he's not making sense, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, right. So <laughs> you, get, you get a shot and then you get another angle to, to bring it in too. And mm -hmm. it's like, well, geez, I got to change that one thing. Oh, all that stuff before and after is now garbage. Yep. Let's, let's, let's do it again. Recompile and see how it looks. It, it, it's, it can, it can really drive you a little, little nuts, Joe. It can really like send you in a different dark place. And then, <laughs> but then you get it done. And it's like, Oh yes, totally it. it's totally worth it. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for you. Thank how you. can, how can people connect with veteran powered films and homestead and what you're doing and stay in touch? Because now I can't wait for the film to get started. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I would say all of our social media handles are veteran powered films. Um, so Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube is the biggest one, right? Okay. So we want to send people to YouTube because that's where the trailer is, right? Uh, it's, it's a little bit, uh, too big for, let's say Instagram. You can't really put the whole thing on Instagram. Right. Uh, and if you do, it's kind of small because you're on your phone, like kind of got to look like it. Um, but I would say I would send people to Veteran Powered Films YouTube. Yeah, I have the YouTube link here. I'll have it in the Oscar Mike Radio Show post. And it has the, the tank. Can't miss it, folks. It has the tank with the VPE. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. All right. And got some other stuff there, too. We'll, we might get in that later. Um, as an actor, you know, working on your craft. And, you know, one of the things that I've appreciated about people like, you know, David Nevin um others you know martin brand marlon brando is it's it, they've always worked on their craft their entire career so you know what's next for you to work on in your craft and developing yourself as an actor well there's always um you're constantly working you know uh i i do that kind of every day um in some capacity right like if uh especially during, during the strike is a great example you know, during the strike, um, a lot of people took that time to go, I'm going to go on vacation or I'm going to, you know, let things slide. I'm going to forget about it for a while. Or uh, I don't know if it's more often or not, but, you know, maybe they were feeling a little down. Uh, and so they were like, what's the point? You know, for me, I, I had a couple of weeks where I was like, what's the point? <laughs> or, you know, let's relax a little bit. Uh, and then, you know, I got this motivation. I woke up one day. And this is kind of how motivation works for me. You know, it's, I wake up one day and I'm like, it's better to be prepared and not have to use it or not get an opportunity to use it than not be prepared and have all the opportunities in the world. So, you know, what I, what kind I was, like, kind of like having that extra battery, that extra memory card that you, you got to carry around. Oh yeah. Better to, better to have it and not need it. hundred percent. All right. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times, you know, I would do, uh, just scenes that I had auditioned for before. Yeah. Um, what I, you know, I, I, got in the habit of kind of watching them old ones and, you know, I, I would watch them on my laptop or put them on my TV or something. And I'll go, I can do that better. And then I go tape it. Right. And, and it's, it's hard to not have someone to bounce it off of. So if you have friends or something like that, if you're an actor, 
friends are your best asset, you know, uh, because it, it's a give and take, especially if your, your friends are actors themselves. Hey man, I'm going to, uh, run this scene. Can you read for me? Yeah. Even if it's through zoom, you know, especially during the strike, you know, people were, uh, in, in other States, you know, sometimes people are on vacation or something. So you call them up, Hey man, you want to zoom or just, I'll put you on speakerphone. You read these lines for me. Uh, and boom, then you've, you've got a scene partner and you can work on the craft. Um, something else that I was doing, I did a lot of writing, which to me, uh, in, increases my understanding, uh, not just of the actor, but of the story and of the character itself. You know, I think if you're an actor, uh, and you're not writing, you might be putting yourself behind, yeah. you know, because, uh, writing is not only is it cathartic, um, but it's educational when you make a mistake. So you make a mistake and you go, why does that look weird? Like, or why does that not make sense in the story? <laughs> you know, and then, and you read it and you, you go into, uh, the whole save the cat notion. I don't know if you've read that book. I have uh, not. It's a screenwriter's Bible, basically. <laughs> save the cat. Save the cat. Yes. I'm writing that down. It's a great read. Even if you, even if you don't write, which I'm sure you do. Um, but for those that are listening that don't write, it's still a good read to understand. If you want to get to understand film uh, or even just novels, like if you're a reader in general, um, it, it gives you a good understanding of story structure, why the protagonists and why the antagonists are doing what they're doing, you know, and at what stage uh, should they be in, in a certain position, you know? And so you get a script in an audition as an actor and what I do is I look at what page it is, right? Like, so if I, so I happen to have one here in my office, right? So if I look at this and I see, oh, it's page five, right? And then the context is like, it's a TV show. So at page five, we're, you know, quarter of the way through the episode. So now my character has, if they're just introducing the character, he's at the beginning of his arc. But if it's, you know, someone who's leading the show or something like that, their, their arc is already in play. Uh, you know, so I think writing has a big, a big upper hand for actors. Um, but there's nothing like getting into a character, really just enveloping yourself in the world and then putting it on tape, especially if it's not for anyone but yourself. Fantastic. So how can people, I have the link, I'll have a link to the Osmac Reno show post, but I want to know to Russian powered films, but how can people connect with your career and follow you, Joe, and, you know, support what you're doing? Oh, same, uh, same, same way. Um, so I'm on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I don't really post on Twitter, but I'm on Twitter, you know? Right. <laughs> uh, and then I do have a small YouTube channel. I haven't really put anything on it in a couple of years, but uh, hopefully, you know, coming up, I can start putting more things. I actually might put the Homestead trailer on there as well. Um, and then once it's ready, uh, my short film exhale is going to be doing, um, the, a festival run, hopefully for next year. Um, so just got to get that edited and, and the sound properly done. Uh, my sound guy's phenomenal. He's got two Grammys, so I'm confident in him. That's, I told you, I, I didn't, I didn't go small on the sound, but, uh, <laughs> Um, so yeah, you can, you can find me on Instagram at Joe Klonberg, uh, Facebook, same thing at Joe Klonberg, YouTube, uh, everything's kind of across the board. 
I'll have the links to Best Empowered Films and Joe Klomberg in this show post on the Ask Mike Radio website. So you, you can stay in touch and see what Joe's up to. Well, Thanks so much, Chris. No, no problem, man. I mean, uh, we blasted through this time. Time flies and you're having fun, as always. And um, I would say to Micah and yourself, I just can't wait for the for the full featured film to come out. And I uh, can't wait to check it out. It's the the film is called Homestead. The trailer is out now on YouTube. I'm talking with Joe Klomberg, U.S. Marine Corps veteran and part of veteran-powered films. Just amazing, Joe, to see what you all can do when veterans are given a place to, you know, really show, you know, what you all bring to the creative process. Oh, that means a lot to me, Travis. Thank you so much, man. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So as we say in Oscar Mike, we are, you know, mission in flight. Joe is Oscar Mike. We're on the move. Joe, thanks again. And I cannot wait to see the finished product. Thank you, brother. You have a wonderful day. Thank you. Remember, Honor teaches our mission. We care about it. We do it every day. But I think there are things that just hit you and give you a reason to go on. The theme for our 2024 Marines Across America is live with purpose. It just seemed to fit in with the vows of the wreath, the 10 attributes that we feel represented our United States military. And I thought, what a great opportunity to put those two things together and show our kids through how we act some of the things that can make their lives better, their communities better, and by doing that, the country better. For me, live with purpose, I think, is a, it's a mindset. Set some guidelines and then go out and purposefully make life different, make a change. It's an opportunity to set an example. Thank you for listening and watching Oscar Mike Radio, where our active duty service members and veterans are in action and the mission is in flight. Oscar Mike Radio is an oversized load, co-sinister one production. If you are a veteran or know a veteran who needs help, please dial 988 and press 1 for the Veterans Crisis Line.